Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show this is a podcast on the pod fix network Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 164. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Jay? It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. So what'd you get down to doing this week? Did you do anything fun? I was down in uh, North Wildwood, and that's pretty much about it. I went down to visit a buddy, beached it up, ran a little bit, discovered I need to get a cyst removed from my head, so... Fun? <laughs> Scheduled that in a few weeks, I know. I hope Hopefully non-cancerous. I, no, I hope it turns out to be your fistigial <laughs> twin. I hope they cut it open, and there's like there's like a bundle of teeth and hair in there, and it turns out that you were... You I'm were just the, hoping it's not like a random weird bald spot. It like explains right why you're so head. big, because you, you fucking ate your twin in your mother's womb. I know. <laughs> I'm just like nonchalantly growing horns. I did very, I did very much the same thing. I, uh, I sat around, did nothing on Saturday, watched a whole bunch of TV. Sunday went to the beach, and then came to work. And currently at work, we're getting audited right now, so it's super fun. So me and Jay realized that like we're doing a lot of talking about us and stuff up front. It's like ten minutes of us talking about us and stuff. And for some people, they're enjoying that. Like they're they're, but that's mostly friends and family and stuff like that. Some other people, we're not maybe. are are that you know they want us to get into into the movies and stuff so what i decided to do is we're gonna do like a little brief catch up with each other like up we'll mix it up yeah but really you know we gotten away from doing news because probably because news was so big about a month ago and a couple weeks ago that like it was a little daunting to do news like we tried to fit some of it in with like the comic-con stuff that we did but there were a few news stories this week that we want to talk about so let's get into a little bit of news All right, Jay, first bit of news that I have is uh, it turns out that Thor, Love and Thunder, has a proposed villain. Some some uh, rumors are are abound that the villain will be Gore, the God Butcher. So this is pretty much an alien force that is a serial killer of gods, which okay. uh, very very strange and dark 
type of villain very for that for that movie that i was describing a couple weeks ago and i was like this fun romantic comedy right, with right. thor and jane foster and she has the powers and he doesn't and then they're gonna fight you know buffalo bill <laughs> Of the Thor of the Thor world, <laughs> I could just picture Gar the God Butcher tucking it between his legs and just going, "Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. Hilarious." <laughs> uh, so yeah, look up pictures of him. He's quite a scary guy. He's like he's got like no nose and he's got like these pointed shark teeth. Uh, he looks like Voldemort. Like that's that's essentially what it comes down to. He's Voldemort, but he kills gods. Uh, so. I, I'm not that familiar with the character, so it seems scary, I guess. Yeah. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. All right, Jay, what news do you got? I, I'm I'm loving this, actually. This, this is really exciting for me because I love the idea and the premise of this movie, and it didn't work for me, but financially, it was a big hit. So we have our sequel for Venom coming out, and we have a new director. We're, we're getting rid of uh, Rupert Fleischer. Who fucked up another movie and <laughs> and is going on to fuck up Zombie Land too? If you listen to well, I kind of like the trailer, but my trailer part uh, <laughs> for that. I think I think that movie's going to be a flop. But. So Andy Circus, um, he has signed on for the sequel, and I'm really excited for this because he has a very great work ethic about him. You know, he's behind the scenes guy. He's done a lot of the motion capper, uh, motion capture technology acting with the Planet of the Apes trilogy um well he's the king he's the king of mocap he's been doing it since he right. was since he the was Lord of the rings since he was yes, yes. And so he's the king of mocap and right. now uh you know it, the mowgli movie they did unfortunately kind of sucked it sucked flew it, under the radar let's just say because a better movie came out so no one gave a yes. flying fuck about watching yes. so they buried it his essentially CGI yeah hollywood buried, hollywood it, buried it and um, it's, and I, it's I, i'm really excited for this i it, really am it makes sense to have a character like Venom who can be done in mocap and stuff to have the king of mocap sure. do the directing and stuff like that. I'm just not sure if if you know he has the, the the directing chops to take such a big comic book movie to the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like even but he if the has tec- a dark sensibility about him. But even if the technicality is all there, you know, you still need someone to to bring that story to light. And sure. you know, what has Andy Circus directed prior to this and it could have a lot to do with the script i don't know but also you know tom hardy said that one of the, the his favorite stuff in the movie like 40 minutes of it was already cut in the movie you know like this movie was hacked up like they shot a lot of footage in this movie and they scaled it down and cut it all up into some kind of weird little movie that didn't work for me and didn't work for you either but it worked for the majority of audiences because it made a buck uh, I mean, load of cash it was a shit movie but i had a ton of fun with it you know it's yeah i, I saw the potential i don't see many more differences between venom and what we watched this week well, with hobbs and shaw you know i don't I, see i understand i don't see a yeah. whole lot of difference there i hear you. um you know i i feel like they tried to go a little deeper with the story but with all the jokes that they did in venom 2 like they it's it's like they tried to it's like they made this very dark story and then in 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 the 11th hour they're like let's add in some of that some of that marvel flair let's add in some of that some of that you know punchy dialogue let's add in some comedy let's have them jump into a tank and bite into a raw lobster wouldn't that be hilarious (laughs) and they're like yeah sure you know i felt like I, i felt like it was like filming that movie like doing all the reshoots must have been like jackass filming with johnny knoxville where it's like johnny knoxville's all about let's just get footage you know 
know, let's just get footage. Let's just do stupid shit and get footage, and then we'll we'll edit it all together. Like all the Jackass movies have hours of cut stuff, and I feel like that's what they did for Venom, where they're like, let's sure. just film a bunch of shit and throw it in there. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm really not sure what Andy Circus is going to bring to the table other than improving the the visual aspects of the movie. You know, really, really making and I think that stuff. But I also do think that behind the scenes, I think he's going to bring a lot more. I really do for like as far as like the production, right? Because um, he's, pe- he's got such a he's got such a pedigree, Jay. He's, he he ushered Mowgli to Netflix, so he's done such a great job so far. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me, don't hurt me, no more. <laughs> That's different. He's got nothing to do with the the white collar guys. All right, I'm talking about the blue collar guys. <laughs> Look, it, it the, the fact is like. Mowgli got buried because it wasn't strong enough to stand toe to toe with the Jungle Book, and yeah, it, it, it's hard to do. I like I haven't seen it, so I have nothing to say about it. But but it's not good enough for to be on your screen. And now you know he's now this is better than having Ruben Fleischer come back for sure, hundred percent, right. ten times better than having Ruben Fleischer come back. But I'm just saying, I'm, it's an I'm un- intrigued by this. I I'm intrigued. This idea, but I, I really am. It's an unproven quantity, and who knows who knows how it's. I have one other one that's a little bit more Hollywood business news. So Disney just announced that for $12.99, you can actually do a streaming bundle. So you're going to have the new Disney Plus along with Hulu, which is apparently going to be a little bit more revamped up. Um, and all the college sports you can watch for the ESPN. ESPN. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good deal, right? But that's but that's what you're going to wind up getting because ESPN doesn't have all the NFL games that, that that you have to have the NFL package for that. Uh, so you know you have to buy that through the NFL Network. So you're just going to wind up getting a bunch of like subpar sports. Live from Las Vegas, it's the Las Vegas International Dodgeball Open here on ESPN Eight. The Look, as long as you get Sports Center, it's all good. But Sports Center play like <laughs> Sports Center is always on demand because thirty any, for thirty. Because any time between eight a.m. and four p.m., Sports Center is on ESPN. It just repeats like five times in a row. So it, it, having ESPN doesn't 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 add it to me at all. I'm still holding out hopes that they're going to start really ramping up Hulu to be much more interesting. I, well, I don't think Disney hasn't taken over the streaming content of it fully yet. Right. That doesn't right. take but place until I'm, November. So. I'm still I'm holding out hope that they're going to do something really cool with it. And in other Disney news, they just had their Q3 uh, shareholders meeting, and Disney had a pretty good year, man. Uh, you know, They had a revenue increase of 33%, and they brought in over 170 billion dollars this year. However, they were still reporting a marked loss. You know, even though all of their movies had banner freaking years. You know, we're talking, we're talking. Uh, you know, Toy Story, Toy Story four, and then we also have, uh, you know, obviously Avengers and Star Wars still coming. Like they're having a huge year, but they're still reporting a loss. And they were very quick to point out what caused their loss. It's clear that they bought Fox to be their little whipping boy <laughs> because when the shareholders were like yeah so why are you still reporting your loss and they're like it's all dark phoenix's fault we had to drop you know 20 million dollars into the reshoots for that shit and then it barely made it didn't even make its money back yeah uh, and, and they were very quick to blame dark phoenix i'm sure dark phoenix is somewhat the cause of that but also I, disney spends a lot of money spends a, I, like i imagine there are disney wet works like i think disney like has its own military like i'm pretty sure they have people bumped off 
off at times. They have their own CIA. They have their own. They have their own homeland security. They have their own everything. They're the CEO of the Illuminati. Of oh, the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's like uh, you know they're, they're reporting losses. But then when when I hear that news, I'm not like, oh, poor Disney. You know, like no one cares. Uh, I know. I don't have yeah. Disney share. No, like uh, no one I know has Disney share because no one I know is rich enough. Only the people rich enough have Disney shares. And uh, yeah, but they were very quick to say Dark Phoenix is to blame for this. So uh, that might be, you know, why everyone's like, where's New Mutants? And it's like, well, they have to wait until they have another good year so that they can bury that loss underneath all their success as well. So uh, I don't know when that'll come out. I'm it's, so- a, it's a business move. I, I think I think that's a Hulu. I think that's 100% going to be one of those things they put on Hulu streaming is going to be New Mutants. I think they're just going to bury it there where uh, it might gain them a couple new subscribers, but in the end, you know, they, they don't have to worry about marketing it too heavily and pushing it out to the theaters and stuff like that and doing a whole bunch of press and stuff like that for it, where they're like, you know, all they got to do is say, it's there, and that's where you can find it. You just do a press release for that, and people will go to it and see it. All right, Jay, that's going to do it for our news. Let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, wait, watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Well, Jay, I'd ask you what you were watching this week, but I know the answer already. Nothing but the Americans. <laughs> Nothing but the same old, same old, trying to get through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, just our just, featured just Hobbs and Shaw mo- review, and that's about it. Just that's more of it. the Americans. You are the fucking most boring man alive anymore, I'll tell you. You know, you know what would be nice is if you... To be honest, I'm like really ready for it to be over, too. If like, you, I, I got to start fucking... What would be fucking nice, Jay, <laughs> is that if you showed up to do a Bring podcast so, exactly. about where Bring you... something to the table. Where you yeah. discuss and review pop culture media if you actually watched some current pop culture fucking media that'd be real nice you know All carry right. the weight a little bit how about this i promise you by the next no time don't record. make any promises because then you'll just fucking disappoint me <laughs> you know me too well i do i do you you know what i gave you alien i gave you the entire alien saga um that was in case i won movie cocktail <laughs> no no that was so you could watch alien 3 so you could have a little fucking skin in the game for our movie cocktail uh currently the poll is up we're gonna find out which of our which of our movies win uh between jaws the revenge <laughs> I still can't say it with a straight face. Day of the Dead, George A. Romero's 1985 classic. Uh, Saw 4, which is just doing so well in the polls right now. Let me tell you, Mm. sitting cleanly at 4% of the votes. Um, And then your Alien 3. Alien 3 is holding its own, Jay. Aren't you curious about why people want to see a movie cocktail for Alien 3? No, I will watch it. Someday. You'll have to. I will soon. You've had it for a month and a half. <laughs> you've had that movie. You've had my you've had my alien Blu-ray collection for a month and a half. And and you've you've spent this entire time watching the Americans. Look, priorities. I'm a loyal guy. I'm a loyal guy. <laughs> I gotta stick with my motherfucking American crew. Yeah. And then I'll move on. Yeah. To the alien world. Well, I did get around <laughs> to watching something this week. Uh, on Saturday, when I said I, you know, I sat down, watched TV, and I didn't go anywhere, uh, that's because me and Lauren were binge watching uh, the new season of Orange is the New Black, the final season, seventh season. Um, and I got to say, I can't bring myself to get back into that. I got to say, dude, this was the most heartbreaking season by far. Uh, they introduced a bunch of new characters because they are getting into uh, the. The, the the other half of the detention center is now for um, detainees 
of illegal immigrants and they're getting into oh yeah that's interesting yeah and extremely heartbreaking you get a story about a woman who's taken from something kids. They, do, they do not put on the news oh cycle my god and and like they're just getting locked up and there is no habeas corpus there is no you know there there there, there there is no you know innocent until proven guilty or anything like that you know you right. are just locked up you are detained and you will wait for your hearing. You get a hearing. You couldn't get a lawyer. You couldn't afford one. All right. And you're going to stand up there by yourself. Sorry, I don't see cause for you to seek asylum here in the United States. You're going back to Egypt or El Salvador, or you're going back to Colombia, yeah. or you're going back to, you know, and and one of our characters, I won't say which one because I don't want to spoil it, but one of the characters we've been following pretty much throughout the entire series, she t- it turns out that she, she thought she was an American citizen. She tries to get her birth certificate and her mother tells her, no, you weren't born in America. You were born in Colombia. You are illegal. And she wow. doesn't, she doesn't she doesn't speak the she doesn't speak spanish and she gets deported to colombia wow yeah it's dude and and i gotta tell you like they they do a great job of of keeping the show fresh by adding this new element into it and giving us something new to latch onto because if you know while still wrapping up their other stories you know they are wrapping up the other stories but i'm gonna be honest those other stories i wasn't too interested in you know I'm, i was somewhat interested on, in what piper's doing and whether her and alex are gonna stay together uh they do a nice heartbreaking story with nikki uh as everyone around her is getting older and moving on and stuff and she's kind of stuck there by herself it's that's that's a nice story she's a character i've always enjoyed and i like them taking this aside with her and and showing uh kind of like you know her maturing and stuff like that 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 was great uh but as far as like all the seasons go it's it's nothing mind-blowing it it, it, it didn't blow me away like the first you know one or two seasons did and i think the show's just kind of been skipping along uh on the pond and it, it 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 did it did itself justice by ending here and and coming strong with its ending and everything. But if you haven't been with the show for a couple of years or, or you yeah, let but it does go, it, but does it's it not end, enough to bring you back. Does it, but does it end in a satisfying way or at for least some maybe a fitting way for perhaps? some characters? Okay, not there's just too many characters to give you to, to sure, give sure, you sure. Uh, a nice clean you know wrap up with I, everybody. No, I understand that, but as far as like the the, the tone of the the show itself. Like does this seem fitting as far as like yeah because it it's it been is. it's it's had the same tone the it, entire it is what it is. you haven't deal. watched it Jay so how do you know you haven't watched the entire series you stopped watching it season four so uh, the how many are there this is seven seven I said okay. that right. yeah, 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 yeah this is the final yeah, season this yeah. is the end uh, so it's it, you wow. know it I, I think it had a good run but if if I hadn't stuck with it throughout the entire time and watched it every year. If I had, if I was like you and I stopped watching at season four, I wouldn't come back now just to watch the end. No, I wouldn't come back and watch seasons five, six, and seven just to just just to wrap it up. I don't think it's worth that. If you took the ride with it the whole time, then you may find satisfaction in this ending. But there's oh, a slight chance I will, but like it will not, not be anytime soon. No, and it's not. You know, it, it, you, you won't trust me. You won't. There'll be so many other things coming out yeah, in yeah. the in the fall that you're not going to get back to this, and that's okay. You're not missing anything. You're not missing look, any big and, important and look, conversation. I, I, I got it. Like I, I enjoyed it. Like I understand the. Con- context and like where you can go with the show but like right. when i ended it, it it started to get into a little bit too much right. of a far stretch it was a concept <laughs> that went on yes. and it went and it went long enough they bent and they the ha- realms of reality yeah. far enough yeah and that's kind of when i got off they the got ship. themselves yeah. into a corner and you know they they had to just continue 
writing these outlandish one of the things that like really got me was like in the sure. season they like piper mentions that she that that she just got out of jail where she had been for 18 months and i was like holy shit the past seven years have only taken place in 18 months so in 18 months you know she's been locked up uh you know fought off a gang yeah. uh, became a white supremacist yeah. there was a <laughs> there was know, a riot weird. uh you know they got moved around to all these other prisons they all came back together she and hit Max, the ground running yeah you know what i mean and, like, <laughs> It's like in 18 months, what a whirlwind. Maybe, maybe that Fight is, or flight. maybe that is, you know, a normal prison experience. I've never been to prison. I don't know what a normal prison experience is. So that may be a normal prison experience. Don't know. Never been there. All I know is there's a lot of drugs going up people's butts. <laughs> and you can make a mint in prison just for sneaking in cell phones, and cell phone chargers. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't really have a score for it. It's just, is it worth your time? Only if you've been sticking with Orange is the New Black the whole time. If you if you stepped away from it for any reason, whether it just didn't catch your fancy anymore, it's not worth it to go back. Okay. It's not. It's, it's, but it's, if, if you've been watching. That's a fair enough it, assessment. Yeah. Yep. Stick with it. You'll enjoy, the, you'll enjoy the rest of the season. Other than that, Jay, I went to the theaters and I saw Hobbs and Shaw, which we will review at the end of the show. All right, Jay, let's head over. And let's get in to a very special trailer park. Poetics, bring the drums in. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since trust. God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Now, this is a trailer that dropped right around the Comic-Con hype, and it kind of got a little bit buried. It was on my radar. I did watch it then. Um, but I also heard the director of this movie talking on our local radio station this morning. So it made me go back and check out the trailer, and it made me want to do a little bit of trailer park for it, because I do love this director. I do love his movie universe, and I kind of want to break down the trailer a little bit. So let's get into our trailer park for Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. <laughs> Let's do it. Identify yourselves, motherfuckers! I'm Jay, and this is my head with life mate, Silent Bob! Don't tell me you guys have no idea there's a new comic book movie being made of the old comic book movie you two are the basis for. That old-ass star-studded piece of shit, that movie sucked balls. Suck asshole, too. Your Honor, I object. I'll allow it. That movie did suck balls and asshole. We got three days to get to Hollywood and stop this reboot from ever happening. Boys, I had a baby. Jay, brace yourself. You're about to meet our love child. Millennium Falcon. And on that note, we cue the music. Yay! It's Jay and Silent Bob. I just found out I have a kid, but I don't know how to be a father. Anybody with cum can be a father, but only love can make you a dad. How you gonna talk about love and you flinging cum all over the place? That shit's unseemly, bro. What do you guys think about this reboot? It sucks. There, I said it. And who's directing this shit anyway? Kevin fucking Smith? All right, so Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, this got announced a couple months ago on 
Kevin Smith's, I think it was his Facebook, where he he kind of mentioned that Mallrats 2 is canceled. Clerks 3 is canceled. Neither one of these is going to happen. But he did leave the door open for his view universe, where he said that Jay and Silent Bob will be returning in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So uh, flash forward now to August. It's been filmed. Actually, they started filming this movie one year to the day of his heart attack. The anniversary of his heart attack is when they started filming this movie. And I got to say, man, you can definitely see the, ch- you know, it, he's he's a media personality. So you see him a lot. If you watch his IMDb yeah. show, if you watch him on Hulu, I think he had a Hulu show as well. But uh, he, you know, he's had a transformation in his appearance. He really took it to heart. The fact that he had this heart attack and he's had a, a life of clean living since then. And it shows, you know, he looks he looks gaunt at times. But I think, you know, for him, it, well, he looks just good. That's natural because. Because of you know, it's a lot of loose skin now. Absolutely, now, <laughs> he lost a lot of weight, which is good. Um, he's supposed to be feeling a lot better. He's better than ever. And honestly, man, the trailer looks like a lot of fun. They really seem to have nailed the tone that they were trying yeah. to go for. So the last, the last Jay and Silent Bob movie came out in two thousand one. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and that had extremely mixed reviews. And I'm going to be honest, this trailer doesn't look too different than that. You know, I was kind of hoping that not that he would take it seriously and kind of make like another like chasing Amy because I don't think you can do that with Jay and Silent Bob as your as your main characters because they're you know they're they're the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern you know they're the the they are the the comic relief of all the films so you're gonna have an extremely comedy heavy movie I just don't know if it's you know just watching this if it stands out too different than what Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was it kind of seems it's a lot like. Like what Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was, but with a baby, but with a but, but with a <laughs> child, right? So it's going to poke fun at reboots, remakes, and sequels, which this is all of the above rolled into one. And so, this movie, and this movie, so it's like almost like breaking the fourth wall, breaking right? the fourth wall, exactly, yeah. so, exactly. Um, you know, Kevin Smith rolled out, you know, all the stops where he 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 wanted to get and I, all the stars. I think he wanted like twenty three cameos or something like that. He wound up getting like forty six. There's like. I mean, you can see, wow. you can see, like, in, I'm sure in, there's gonna be a lot of surprises, right? In the in the show, you see Craig Roberts, Rob, yeah. Robinson as the as the judge. You can see um, Justin Long as Chris Hemsworth. Now, is Justin in Long yeah. in, is in is in the IMDb as lawyer. That's all they say he is. But if you listen to his voice and you're a fan of Zach and Mary make a porno, which which I am, I enjoy that movie yeah, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, he's talking exactly like his character in that Brendan Saint Randy. <laughs> Where he's he's the gay porn star and right. you know he starred in such films as oh all sorts of movies with all male casts all male casts like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross like that like Glenn and Gary suck Ross's meaty cock and drop the hairy nuts in his eager mouth I loved his role in that um, and it sounds like he's playing that same character Joe Manganiello is playing the bailiff in that scene Chris Helmsworth is in it uh, you got Rosario Dawson reprising her role from Clerks from Clerks 2 in this you have Matt Damon returning not as like his minor role in Chasing Amy he's back as the angel of death Loki <laughs> This is from the guy who still owes me 10 bucks over that bet about which was going to be the bigger movie. E.T. or Crush Groove. You know what? Fuck you, man, because time's going to tell on that one. That, that's who he's returned as Perfect. in this movie. Exactly. So that's the level that we're that you're dealing with in this. Uh, Jason Lee is back as Brody from Mallrats. Hey, Jay! Brody, man! Noochie Noochies! 
And Ben Affleck is back as Holden McNeil. Look at these morose motherfuckers right here. Smells like somebody shit in their cereal. Bung. <laughs> there was a bit of like, now this is what I listened to on the radio station today when Kevin Smith was on with Preston and Steve. You know, uh, he didn't even reach out to Ben Affleck. Like when, when he was making this movie, they, they filmed it mostly in New Orleans, I think he said, and they actually started filming sometime around Mardi Gras. So he said it was really easy to get celebrities to come to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Like it wasn't hard at all. Um, and during a press junket that Ben Affleck was doing for, what was that movie? Three Strikes, the, the Netflix movie that he's in. Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. <laughs> three strikes, Triple Frontier. It's all the same. It's got the number three in it. I got it. I got this. Uh, <laughs> so he was doing press for that. And the the uh, person interviewing him said, like, you know, are, are you involved with the Jay and Santa Bob reboot? Uh, that Kevin Smith is doing. And he's like, no, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even asked. Like no one, no one contacted me. And Kevin Smith apparently hasn't spoken to Ben Affleck in nine years. Um, everyone keeps saying it's a falling out, but Kevin Smith kind of cleared it up on Preston and Steve. He's like, look, there was no inciting fight or anything. It's not like we had it out or anything like that. He's like, just grew apart and stop talking. It happens. Like that's, that's what happens with friends. It's normal. You know, he got busy. He had his own studio, he was directing especially, movies. In, especially in the Hollywood world. Right. Yeah. He had, he had, he had a wife he had kids he had addictions he had a lot of shit going on so like him and kevin smith just you know they just grew apart and stuff but he did reach out to him and ben affleck agreed to come back and and be in the film you know we see we see a lot in this and it's a lot of it 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 only makes sense if you're a Viscua Universe fan, right? If you've if if you're a Kevin Smith fan, then a lot of this stuff is ticking the right boxes for you. So like, you know, it starts off with And not even just that, but also like cosplay, Comic right. Con, like just being like very geeky, self aware. The world type, that Kevin that world. Smith lives in now. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So like the average moviegoer is absolutely not gonna like this movie, probably. So but, like it definitely has a very self-aware, fun sense of humor about it, which I I, if I found refreshing because it was just kind of nice to see. I, I know like Kevin Smith's backstory, and I know you have a big soft spot for him too. Like a lot of his movies hit or miss for me. This one seems to be hitting for me, at least for as far as the trailer. Uh, see, I the, don't know why. I'm the humor saying. for me seems a little bit a little it's bit too slapstick. It seems a little bit too juvenile. Um, it's, I agree, but. <laughs> whatever i mean i don't know i'm i'm going with it i'm going with it i i wanted like now now don't get me wrong i i feel like he has some surprise hidden hidden here somewhere oh yeah in it oh yeah given his given his life changes and stuff like that i feel like you know that's that's what got him inspired to make this movie so i think i think it's gonna have a lot of hidden heart that we're not expecting that we're not seeing in this trailer so we also uh it kind of starts off with you know Jay and Silent Bob getting the information from Brody uh, at his comic book store that they're making a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And just like Jay and Silent Bob strike back, they're going to stop this movie from being made. Somehow that leads them to Justice, who was Shannon Elizabeth in Jay and Silent Bob strike back. And we find out that that he had a love child. Jay had a love child with Shannon Elizabeth, and her name is Millennium Falcon. <laughs> uh, Millie for short, but she has a friend, and her friend is Soapy. Soapy is a deaf girl, and you see that now uh, Millennium Falcon is played by Harley Quinn Smith, Kevin Smith's daughter, yes. is playing Jay's daughter. And if you notice, since she has a deaf friend who hangs out with her, what does that make Soapy? Mm. Her Silent Bob. Right. <laughs> so it's Jay's daughter, and Jay's daughter has it's her. It's cute. It's cute. She has her own Silent Soapy. <laughs> 
Uh, at least that's who IMDb lists her as. Uh, and I, they're going to take the adventure with them to Hollywood to stop the Jay and the Bob movie from being made. And um, because it sucked balls and, and asshole. <laughs> but also, the reboot is going to be all women. It's an all-female casted reboot. So I don't know whether... I, I, I do feel like since this is the first Kevin Smith movie to not be produced by by the Weinstein Company... Yeah, post Me Too. I think... I it's think they're going to be gonna, very self-aware I think it's, I think they're going to take a lot of shots at, at that. That, that. That's why the film is being remade with an all-female cast. You can do a cast. lot with it. Yeah, I think, I think he's, I, I he's going to be taking shots at his former producers and bosses. You know, I think, I think he's certainly going to have a little bit of fun at their expense, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the film so uh the ending of the trailer i absolutely loved with uh method man and red man in the car <laughs> where, where jay is looking for advice on being a father and he, <laughs> when red man's like yo man any dude can be a can be a father all you need is common shit to be a father <laughs> It takes it takes love to be a dad <laughs> how you gonna come up here talking about love with throwing your cum around and all that shit <laughs> I love it. It's so good to see them again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love seeing their. I love seeing their interaction here. So that's going to do it for our breakdown of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I like seeing Kevin Smith back to making movies. However, I still I've seen his recent films. Jay, I've seen Yoga he Hosers. I've he, he seen stretched a little bit, right. I think, but it didn't work so much. You know, Tusk, I can respect in some ways, even though I didn't like it. Um, at least the the, the last. Yeah, uh, I liked Red State, of which it, came out prior say, to but, Tusk. Uh, Tusk, I was not crazy about. It's yeah. almost so outlandish that this is a hunt. Like in ten years, people will still talk about Husk. Husk came out. Tusk, yeah, five right. years ago. Yeah. So, t- and we we still talk about Tusk today. Uh, many people, you know, remember sure. for how bad it is, but we still talk about today. It is going to be. It's probably, it's going to be on cult movie cult. Yeah, it's it's going to be like <laughs> I, I think that movie came out in 2014. I want to say it's going to be like 2014's The yeah. Fly. It's yeah. it's something yeah. that we're going to talk about like that. Yeah. for for years to come. Um, so. For good or bad, that movie is going to be a cult classic, whether whether you like it or not. I think Absolutely. it's going to I a hundred percent agree with that. Yoga hosers, however, not. No. You know, and then he was supposed to 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 create a third in that trilogy, which was going to be Moose Jaws. Sure. That wound up not not getting made. And then there's absolutely no one nobody in the world would I, see that. I secretly think Johnny Depp like came came off of his high, like whatever high he was on on whatever drug, probably mescaline or <laughs> or peyote. <laughs> probably came down off of that and went okay man i don't think i can do that (laughs) i don't think i can be the sheriff in moose jaws i don't think i can do it and kevin smith's like that's fair (laughs) that's fair i'm writing mall rats dude i I just wanted to work with my daughter for like a weekend and like you got me signed up and i'm doing all these weird canadian accents i got this fucking weird nose (laughs) in the mall i'm like what the fuck am i doing here you know kevin smith's like that's fair i'm working on mall rats too and it's like no mall rats 2 is not gonna be a movie it's gonna be a tv show never mind that that project's canceled i'm working on clerks or clerks 3 what's going on with clerks 3 never mind that project's canceled i can't figure out how to make that work i gotta get paid yeah and it's like (laughs) what are you working on i'm working on jay and silent bob reboot and everyone's like uh okay not what i was expecting but sure okay now what i was this is not the movie i expected from him you know i i expected clerks three because clerks i feel like is so heavily tied to kevin smith and who he is you know it, you know clerks one is is being young and in your in your early 20s and stuff kind of being aimless not knowing what you want to do in your life you know clerks two is him is is like this this late 30s early 40s figuring yourself out and figuring out what you you know what you're good wanting at wanting to make a do. change and get things going exactly right? and i think that's all stuff that resonates to kevin smith in his life at 
that time where yeah. he was, you know, Me he included. was he was stuck in this midway throwing clerks too, where he was the guy that wrote movies with dick and fart jokes, but he's also this family man with the deep, you know, sensibilities and and, yeah. and sentimentality about him and stuff like that. And it's a balance that he has to play within himself. And I think both those characters in Clerks Two were representing both of those aspects of himself. And then in Clerks Three, it just kind of seemed like that's where you go with it. You know, what do you do when you've reached success? What do you do when I, you when you I, reach the person? I, I think he had a struggle writing it. That's what I mean. Like it's he, hard to find the humor. The in it, you had to have the humor in it, right? But, but the it's hard to write humor when you're the what, characters mature? ended in a good place in Clerks Two. So to bring right, them back in right. Clerks Three, you have to then put them back into peril. Yeah. Or you, or you could have played it up like, oh, the daughter is going away to college, and then like having a moral conscious. Well, there of is like, no daughter in that. None of them were. None of them. They well, just had a baby at the end of the second I'm, one. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you can you can play with the time. Like, it it doesn't really matter. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, whatever. <laughs> but like, either way, I'm 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 fine with it. I'm sure you know, he he spits out movies, dude. He, he does. He's a shooter. He, he, he once he, he gets his in, head set, in yes, something, he, he, he writes and directs extremely quickly. So that's not so much an issue. It's not like he's like some kind of crazy like Scorsese guy that's going to be taking like four years to do a, a film. You know, it's nothing like uh, that. So he's going to be able to come together with would, another film, original film too. You know, when we did our our ask me anything's for our uh i think it was our anniversary show and stuff yeah people ask me who's the one person i would love to interview because we don't do interviews on this show i don't bring people on right not so fat kev smith is who i would want to interview you know i would love to interview kev smith i think he is just he's just a a wonderful person to listen to and he's just such a genuinely nice guy just an absolutely yeah. genuine nice guy yeah. And uh, you know the times I've met him, uh, which are very brief. We know, should have had him. Nice. We should have had him up in the studio. We, we should have had him up. <laughs> just me and Kevin Smith sitting on the couch. Yeah, I can see it right now. Just uh, sitting. I'll be recording as, as you guys. <laughs> our ball sweat would just be mixing together on the cushions of the couch. Yeah, we'd be we'd be taking a dip in the pool before uh, yeah. <laughs> before recording. <laughs> like, hey, Kevin Smith, you want to go jump great. in my pool? Yeah, let's, you want to go jump in my ghetto pool, man? It's Trust a, me, it's you want to. You so want you're not to, sweating you in the studio. Absolutely. But hey, Kevin Smith. If you're listening, love to have you on the show. Reach Absolutely. out to us uh, if you want to. You probably don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't reach out to us. Like I would listen to this show and I'd be like, "Who wants to talk to these two no, fucking no, no, knuckleheads?" No. But you want to talk to Dave, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm the eloquent one. You are just you're, yeah. the, you are the good looks of the audio medium, sir. <laughs> That's why you're here. We got to get on YouTube. Dressing. <laughs> <laughs> you're here so when we actually gonna, post yeah, pictures of us to sure, our Instagram, sure. you know, people are like, oh, that's what that's what Super like, Movie oh. Brother J looks like. It's like, oh, man, maybe I will give these guys a listen. Because <laughs> said listen- I just keep putting pictures of beer <laughs> a beer yeah i looked I, lo- I looked at the super movie rose I tr- beer I tried, yeah yeah it's I, just I tr- all beers i, I, I was tr- like i try to be very you know very strict I what a boring to be page very specific you know beer. it's 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 super movie bros beer you should you should like yeah sneak a nut sack in there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> see if anyone notices see if, a, inst- a see if instagram high, <laughs> high def close no just like yeah like next to the can but like in the background uh, are, your, are your nuts like, right, like right, just right, hazy right. yeah S- see if instagram picks up on it and, and, actually, and gets rid of it it's a pretty good yeah. idea or you can do uh you know what's the old thing where you would make a circle with your fingers and hide them below your right. waist and if anyone looked at it you got to punch them right like that that's super fun game yeah that's not a bad idea yeah yeah start hiding little hide little easter eggs in all the beer right. review pictures you, you need to cut this out of our uh, <laughs> recording i'm nah, gonna leave it in there all right jay <laughs> speaking of beers getting kind of thirsty here let's head over and let's get into our beer reviews mm. 
Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, going to drop a line to our sponsors. First up is Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. Two tabs that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water. Drink it down. Your hangover starts to feel better immediately. So if you're like me and you spent the entirety of a Saturday on the couch watching Orange is the New Black, drinking a ton of beers, and openly sobbing at the deplorable nature in which the country is treating its immigrants, Mm. and you happen to get a mean drunk on which led to a whopping hangover by 6 p.m., then you're going to want to reach for some blowfish. So make sure you head over to fourhangovers.com, use the promo code SMBFISH, and get your 15% off of the Miracle Hangover Cure. Super Movie Bros is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. The Podcoin app is an app where you can listen to your favorite podcasts and earn a little bit extra for doing so. So you can download the Podcoin app on iOS or Android devices, and you can subscribe to all your favorite podcasts there. For every minute of podcast that you listen to, you will earn points. Those points can be converted into gift cards, or you can save them up and then donate them and to charity. Podcoin will take care of the donation to charity for you, and you can even choose the charity from their list of dozens of philanthropic enterprises. So download Podcoin on the iOS and Android app and start earning a little bit for your hardcore podcast listening. All right, Jay, we got two beers that we're going to be reviewing. I'm going to let you fire it off first. What are you drinking for everybody? Sure. I am drinking a Lick Beer Project from Queens, New York. Um, I'm pretty sure these guys are new because I've never heard of these guys before. And lick, pretty, lick beer. Like pretty it. snazzy can. Uh, it's pretty jazzed up. It's called Coed Tiles American Pale Ale. It's 5% alcohol by volume. It's extremely light in color. Very pretty looking light color. Um, very foamy. And has a really soft melon aroma to it, that which is really, really nice and pleasant. Okay. Um, very soft feel in the mouth and just goes down nice and easy. Until it's you talk about too- the mouth feels, it sounds like you're like describing like like a skin lotion. Like it's very foamy. You know? it, it, it exfoliates. <laughs> it lathers beautifully. Yeah, it's got a wonderful cucumber <laughs> melon scent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and That's kind of how this beer is. And it just leaves my nether regions feeling clean. <laughs> And it leaves my mouth feeling yeah. very clean. And <laughs> Do you ever get that feeling? You know, like you're unclean, Jay, you know, yeah. down there. <laughs> well, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> no. You do not go on a date that night. No, we went for a run before we recorded, and yeah. we, ha- we always got to jump in the pool. Yes. Just to, uh, you to sanitize with chlorine yeah. immediately afterwards. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Just just to get the funk off the balls. Because <laughs> us sitting in this hot studio, oh. sweat. Oh, my God. It'd be terrible. That. I- that pool is worth anything. <laughs> so, me. what is highly recommend you guys? Anybody who records podcasts out there in the summertime? <laughs> take a dip in the pool before take you a go. Dip in, in the pool, yeah. man. So, what are you going to give your? Uh, what are you going to give your? I'm going to give this actually a four point two five out right, of five. Man. I think they they crafted a really really nice pale ale, um, American pale ale that is not too high in ABVs and goes down really nice. And I, I'm really impressed. So All right. I'm looking forward to seeing and trying to drink some more beers from them. So I am drinking a uh, I'm drinking a beer from a brewery that is extremely local, right down the street out of Croydon, Pennsylvania. Yep. This is the Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. This is their Bucks County Ale Trail. Now this actually isn't brewed by them solely. This is actually uh, brewed by them and another extremely local brewery, Free Will. So it is a collaboration Ooh, between collab. the two. And uh, what this is, is this is a wet hopped Kolsch style ale. So uh, they like to say that it, it is adding 
nods to uh, the traditions of a German beer mixed with a dash of American creativity. So uh, it is wet hopped with Huel melon and mandarina. And uh, it has ripe notes of melon and honeydew. I can taste the, the, the melon, but it kind of tastes like you're chewing on a watermelon rind. <laughs> like it's, mm. it's like it's got the melon notes, but it's it's very bitter. Um, it's it's yeah, very much in the back end. Yeah, uh, I took a sip of it as well. It <laughs> it packs a punch. Yeah, it's it very it's very it's very sweet up front. Uh, it has like this it has this 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 very nice like you know dark ale taste up front, and then it just smacks you with bitter on the back end. And that's you know that that's the wet hop. Like that's you know. You know, you talk about dry hop. That's where they. That's where they pour dry hops in at the end, and then let that sit. And that's that's what dry I mean, hops. I'm not are very up. familiar. It's supposed to be like a Grolsch. Uh, what's that? A Kolsch. Kolsch. Uh, yeah. Kolsch beer. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not too familiar with Kolsch's. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know exactly not- how they usually taste. Um, I'll be honest. It's it's okay. It's it's like it's like I'm, just okay. I just feel like it's it's more like a fall beer. Like it's, I'm surprised it's out. I guess that fall beers are now coming out in stores, so maybe that's why I picked it up already. But no, nah, um, I don't think this this doesn't have a time of year. This is just this is okay. It it it, it just misses on all marks. It's yeah. it's not enough of one thing. Like it's, it's disappointing because it's, those are two big breweries yeah. in our area that we both. It's trying um, to be a German beer and it's trying to add the American, but like it, it doesn't marry these flavors together well at all. It's getting right. a two point five. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So that's going to do it for me and Jay's beer segment tonight. Coming up next, me and Jay are going to be reviewing this week's top box office hit, Hobbs and Shaw. A brief warning for our Hobbs and Shaw review. Uh, Me and Jay try to remain as spoiler-free as possible, but unfortunately we fail in some places. So if you want to remain completely spoiler-free for Hobbs and Shaw, if you haven't seen it yet, then uh, just skip this review and come back after you've seen it. Let's do this. Come on! Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... My name is Ho. I got him. No, I got him. I got him. What's the problem, boys? Does it hurt? Get your back, brother. I got yours. H to the O.P. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Here comes a kryptonite. Jay. Synopsis for Hobbs and Shaw goes like this. Hobbs, big, tough, strong man, teams up with Shaw, smaller, but still tough fighting guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Team up to save Deckard Shaw's sister, who has infected herself with a virus, to protect the world against a cybernetically enhanced organization of super soldiers hell-bent on improving humanity by weeding out the weaker ones and cybernetically enhancing the strong ones. That's right. that's that's the movie. Uh, and if it sounds ridiculous, yeah, it, it, it 100%, it 100% is. This and movie is definitely are all about it and this, they completely stand behind it and they just live it up. So here's here's my big thing about the movie. Where all the rest of the Fast and Furious movies have done like since 5 have done this great line of like walking this line between like fun dumb action spectacle and somewhat believable storytelling, right? Like like in in there it's it's walking a very fine line and it flirts with the line uh, like a, a lot. 
but I feel like towards the end it always writes itself back into yeah. something that that's almost that's almost believable. Like nothing in the Fast and Furious movies. There's plenty of stuff that makes you go like, oh, that's fucking impossible. But a lot of it is just the action right. stuff. But for some reason, it feels believable there. In this, it goes way too far. I feel like it just erased the line. And but let me just ask kind you of this: made up its the own concept rules. of it. Do you think the technology would be there in 50 years? No. No, no. There's a scene where just ask him. there's just a scene ask him. Where we saw it in the trailer too, but where Brixton's back is completely opened up, and we see like this cybernetic right. spine, and then it just staples well. him back together, and then he goes and fights. He yes. goes and fights Hobbs and Shaw as if like his spine isn't fused together by fucking staples from a robot. Like so, there's yeah. That scene was not good. The believability of this, it, like I said, Hobbs and Shaw, where where the rest of the Fast and Furious universe flirts with the line Hobbs and Shaw erased the line and just did whatever the fuck they wanted with physics they true. didn't like no, physics meant nothing human limitations meant nothing yeah. the, uh, the planet limitations yeah, yes. right. yeah right so one of the things <laughs> that like really bothered me in the film uh you know Brixton is this super strong super durable uh-huh you know, superhuman, pretty much. He is a cybernetically enhanced human being. He's Iron Man if the if Iron Man wore his suit on the inside. He's Black Superman. Yeah, Black Superman is what they call him in the film. Hobbs and Shaw are exceptional human beings, but still normal human beings. However, they seem more superpowered than Brixton himself is. And especially towards the very right. end of the Idris movie. Alba's Brixton has, you know, he's super strong, super, you know, super fast, super reflexes, uh, and he has like near perfect aim, unless Jay, he's aiming at our main characters. In which case, you know, eh, the cybernetics are going to have a very serendipitous glitch. <laughs> And that's like some of the stuff that I was picking up on in this. You know, while I'm watching it, there's plenty of things that make me go, erroneous, erroneous. You're not serious. Like, you know, the rock leaping off of a building and, and you know, rappelling down the building, jumping on guys and throwing them off, which we saw in the trailer. That was... That was fine. That was fun. I get that. You know, yeah. I, I go with that. But then yeah. there's a moment where the rock is in a car. The car's driving 120 miles an hour. There's a guy on a motorcycle driving 80 miles an hour towards the rock. The rock puts his arm out the window and grabs the guy off the bike yeah. and then slams him into a brick wall and then just pulls his arm inside as if nothing. Without any kind of reflex. W- yeah. As if there was nothing wrong with his arm. His arm would have been butter. <laughs> But, of course, this is the guy that in, I believe it was Fast and Furious 7, was hospitalized by Deckard Shaw, uh, and he had a broken arm. And then, of course, towards the end of the movie, even though his arm was broken, he just flexed his arm and broke his cast, and it was magically no longer broken, and it was healed. And he went out to the seats to the streets of L.A. <laughs> so, As you guys know, I obviously is struggle with these kind of <laughs> films. And... <laughs> However, I was elated to see, you know, I liked the first trailer. I liked the first trailer. All the other trailers I didn't like because Before, it gave away you way liked, too much of you the absurdity the, that was going to be. But the first trailer was four was minutes long and gave away everything. Yeah, but I like these guys. I like Statham. I like The Rock. And I definitely like uh, Vanessa Kirby. And Vanessa Kirby, and of course, Idris Abba. But like... Vanessa Kirby is great, great, great in this movie. She's probably my favorite part of it. I say, don't want to bury the lead a little bit, but Vanessa Kirby's Hattie was my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Even though her character's existence is quite unbelievable because Jason Statham, who was born in 1967, Jay, that makes him somewhere around 52 years old. Um, 
is a, supposed to be in similar age to his sister. Definitely within five years. Who was born in 1988. Right. <laughs> nice little 20-year bump. 20, you know, There's a 21-year difference between the two. Yeah, look. And I, they're playing I, his brother and sister who were supposed to be I, like a couple years apart. I, I, I definitely let it go in the movie like to watch while watching it. Now, obviously, it made some headlines after the fact. Yeah. And whatever i mean like there's been worse things in hollywood like the big deal but you know there are other things in this movie that are just really atrociously jarring you know that oh, yeah. was like mid-scene like things are happening it's like this should not be happening there this is, is impossible there what is, is going a on here? fight scene towards oh. the end of the movie where it's supposed to be early morning atrocious where it's still pitch blackout and then I think uh, a, a jump cut happens. There, someone throws a punch, and there's a cut. And then when that person gets up, it's daylight. Dayman, ah, fighter of the night, man, ah, champion of the sun. Yeah, <laughs> like not even like sunrise type daylight, but like it is it's noticeably daylight. bright. It's daylight, and then literally. A few more swings later, it's a completely. It's mid afternoon. Yeah, mid afternoon. It's, it's time, time for sun. a siesta. <laughs> weird. Yeah, I, really weird. There is a lot of continuity of time in this movie that that really bothers me. You know, especially because they add literally a ticking clock in the third act. There is like literally a ticking clock. Oh, and then don't forget when you go when you drive over a cliff, everybody. There is going to be a crazy rainstorm that's going to immediately happen, and then immediately. Stop stop <laughs> and then immediately stop um oh god well that it. that is in the south pacific so that's kind of tropical weather much like florida you could oh, yeah. get flash flash storms yeah. like that it just happens to happen just when you need it for a dramatic effect sure. in this movie uh but you know <laughs> uh not only like this night and day you know switch that, that goes on mid fight like that is something that happens in mid fight it goes from night to day it's crazy um very but, noticeable uh they add this ticking clock from the minute that we meet hattie's character we know that they have 72 hours to get her somewhere to get to this heist and get this thing that's going to save her and save the world and you know it's okay but they go from london to moscow from from moscow to samoa and it's like you know that's like a 17 hour flight from moscow to samoa you know it's not an easy flight that's 17 hours. They just wasted yeah. right there. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to know, Jay, what did you think of the cameos in this movie? Uh, now, they, they've been on IMDb for a while. A lot of people knew going into this. Me and you weren't so excited, so we didn't do a lot of pre-research going into right. the film. I was completely surprised by them. Yeah. Uh, should we say the names? Nah, we'll there? say them. We'll say them towards the end. Okay. But, so, well, No, you can see them on IMDb now. I don't know nah, if it's a spoiler. Uh, we'll save it. We'll save it. Um, I think Two funny guys. Two funny guys show two- up very a-list funny guys right now in hollywood yeah so made a very surprising small cameo roles into the film was it jarring you know when it was Locke, jarring for me when Locke sits down with hobbs in the first act and kind of sets him on the mission and stuff like that that was jarring to you i was it was unexpected unexpected jarring I, was the later cameo on the airplane <laughs> yeah. that so, was like what so like, i like what the hell happened li- here what's I, going on here i liked Locke. like i thought i thought it worked because it seemed like it, it worked i think his humor didn't work it well you're right you're right i mean i was just not expecting to see this this actor kind of play himself again you know I, I wanted to see something a little bit different but it's really him playing a very similar role that he's played 
before. I'm sorry. I don't think this is spoilers. I'm just going to say it. All right. I'm just going to say it. Just say it. Brief spoiler warning. Uh, skip ahead 30 seconds. Locke is Ryan Reynolds, and the other person they meet is Dinkley, uh, who is Kevin Hart. They meet yes. him on the plane. He's the U.S. Marshal. And U.S. Marshal and Ryan airplanes. Reynolds is playing Ryan Reynolds. He's literally doing the Ryan Reynolds shtick. And Kevin Hart's playing Kevin Hart. But it'd be great because I, I honestly don't think that, you know, I know you're saying you're seeing Ryan Reynolds be Ryan Reynolds again. Uh, for me, why? watching that i'm almost positive what they did was ryan here's your talking points just ad lib as much as you want that's the rock yeah and it didn't work for me he used to be he you know he used to be one of the guys with the greatest mic skills in the wwe so he can ad lib right along with you he'll be fine serviceable yeah but didn't do anything for me i liked it i also have a theory that we'll get into in spoilers about the future of character of Locke in this series uh and then yes the other one was kevin hart kevin hart was doing his little man thing i'm the little man but i want to help right you know, th- this is me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be your third guy. What are you doing with your voice? This is my voice. <laughs> it's a little funny, but at the same time, it's, that was it, 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 is that pretty, was it is pretty jarring in the movie. But uh, I still enjoyed it there because I really thought that this movie needed those those two characters to be there for a little bit of kick up in the humor because Hobbs and Shaw's... It did. It, it kicked it up. Yeah, but it Hobbs and Shaw's like very extremely juvenile dry and, banter yeah. back and forth got old 20 minutes into them being with each other. Yeah. It got old. It got old. Like These are two guys that... The first... The, I mean, they go heavy into it. The first scene that they're in together, yeah. it's big. These I are, mean, they go like no fucking pulled punches at all is face to face the camera shot is like close up on the rock close up on Statham and they are literally just shit talking on each other just putting them each and other down most and of their it, most it, of their lines it, didn't it, work it, for it me. was not the best yeah it was most not the best. most of it, it it's it, very it, forced it smacked of a lot of pg Thirteen kind of zingers, yeah, like bully zingers, kind yeah. Of thing. You it, know, it's it, like uh, none of none, none of it like really hit home for me. And you know the the action, while a lot of the vehicle action, a lot of the big action set pieces worked for me. The the the, the smaller you know the fights didn't work for me. I I agree. They were not edited in a way where it seemed dynamic and stuff. There's a lot of cuts in there, you know, I agree. especially in in a world that's like post John Wick where we're seeing a lot of slick action movies come out with with some real great fight choreography. And it's disappointing because this is the director from Atomic Blonde, right? Who had a lot of really good, authentic, right? David Leach. Yes. Um, I, but but what I took away from that is let's let's be real here. Where you know Jason Statham can't be the transporter anymore. He's fifty two years old, and I, I, which and, I've forgotten. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's. I'm not saying he's not fit. I, it's just a lot to it put does show it yeah. does show at least for me in this movie um because it has been a little bit f- and the rock is roughly the same age you got to remember yeah so while these two these two guys are in pretty peak physical condition them joints just ain't what they used to be too old for this shit there's to be a lot of popping for you know, <laughs> you know they, they, for a five month shoot <laughs> the sound editor the sound editor would have to take out all their bone creakings like if they didn't yeah. do all these cuts and stuff so there's there's a lot of cuts and I'm sure that the stunt doubles had to come in quite a bit for these two. The the final fight, I was not even that crazy about, though. You know, it, it is extremely deus ex machina that, like, cybernetic guys are coming. Oh, guess what? They have hackable guns. Take care of that problem real quick. Now everything's going to be fisticuffs for seven minutes. <laughs> it's like, you're like, yes. Like, you're thinking, what? fun that's going to be 
And then ho hum. Right. It's just it's extremely it's overly backlit. You can barely see what's going on in a lot of the scenes. And it's just that was their time to shine. It was just chaos and being filmed. It was so underwhelming for me because they hyped up this big final f- showdown big time. And it was just like in any other type of yeah. fight setup sequence. And it was it was that was the biggest struggle with me was like it, a lot of these scenes and the fights were just very run in the mill a lot of it yeah a lot of this movie was and it makes me wonder why they wanted to rush this out before getting fast and furious nine out causing the whole big issue with tyrese gibson famously the and rock is a bigger star than anybody that's else. that's what it comes down to i think i think he could do whatever he wants historically vin diesel and the rock have not gotten along um you know they knew that they were going to be doing this hobbs and shaw spinoff you know, I, I think they wanted to get this out before Fast and Furious 9 because The Rock's not going to be in Fast and Furious 9. And they, I mean, let's let's face it, Fast and Furious has been on its high with the box office, you know, since Fast 5 came out, which The Rock was in. And he's been in every subsequent one since then. Now he's not going to be in it. And I think Universal was kind of like the one with the rock in it, Hobbs and Shaw, is the sure thing. Put yeah. th- put that one out before Fast Nine because that's the sure thing. That's the one that's going to make the money. And then next year, and Fast and Furious Nine will be what it will it's, be. It's a brand. Right. It's been enough time away from the other film. It'll still do. But very watching well. this movie, you know, I, I realized that like. While this is action set piece after action set piece and the story only advances enough to move you to the next action set piece, that's what the entire franchise is. And that's okay because it does it better than Transformers does for sure. And and that's okay. But like, I can't remember all, all the details of any of the stories because none of the stories stand out to me. I just remember the cool shit that happened in each of the movies. And there was some cool shit that happened in this movie. There was some things that were fun. You know, I, I think the, the whole whole you know storming the base in the ukraine i thought that was i thought that was pretty well i i kind of liked that it was all right I had that, was, fun, that was a decent time that, yeah that was the one i had a whole lot of fun with uh, i really wanted the hawaii set piece to be a lot better though yeah it should have it should have been they it hyped it up wasn't it hawaii wasn't. it was samoa because that's where the rock is samoa yeah i mean he's not from he's he's not he's not from samoa but he is samoan in real life you know he's he's half samoan so that's why they went to samoa in this anyway because he's a producer and he gets to make that call <laughs> As far as like these two characters go, I also thought it was it was a pretty big departure, not from uh, the Rock's Luke Hobbs. I thought that was pretty consistent with who he's been throughout the entire series, but from Deckard Shaw, they definitely like watered him down a little bit, made him a little less rough around the edges and stuff, and it's caused a lot of people who are fans of the series to come up with the hashtag Justice for Han. Where's the justice for? This is the man that killed Han a beloved character in the series and it's not addressed in this film you know and even Michelle Rodriguez uh, from from the from the main series of films has called out the writer the writing staff on this and been like you know how can you completely ignore it and both the writing both the writing staff on this movie uh, for Hobbs and Shaw the producers and Jason Statham himself have done interviews where they say uh well you know we never we only saw a small snippet of what happened between Deckard Shaw and Han so you may not know the whole story but really what that is is all right hold on everyone's upset give us a chance to do a sequel and we'll correct it then <laughs> that's what they're right, saying. hold on let's let, let give us a second we have a good that's press release that we're gonna get, get out very shortly right so that will make sense so now this way yeah. when they you know when in in two more weeks when this movie's made enough money universal can say okay 
Hobbs and Shaw 2 is slated for 2021, and we're going to address the Deckard Shaw Han thing. And then people will go, oh, yay, now I want to see it. And they start building their hype all over again. I I hate it. I hate (laughs) it. Hollywood machine at its finest, Jay. It's fucking terrible. (laughs) You know what's just just as terrible? Watching The Rock try and kiss a girl. That was awkward, right? When he goes, yeah. <laughs> so there is a kissing scene in this movie, just so you know, guys. And this obviously does not happen very often with The Rock, right? And so it's Rock, warranted because it looks awkward. The Rock is what six foot five, awkward. you'd say, probably about six foot five, three hundred pounds of solid muscle, Woo! and he's he's kissing all of five foot five, maybe Vanessa Kirby, who's probably one hundred and ten pounds, yeah, soaking wet. And uh, yeah. it made me realize why they didn't rekindle the romance between Natasha Romanoff and Bruce Banner as Smart Hulk in Endgame, because it would have been awkward. I put the brains and the brawn together, and now look at me. Like, the like the rock is is the real look right he's the real world allegory for what for what smart hulk is like he looks like smart hulk but he's a human being probably what people see when i'm actually like dating a short girl no and kissing no jack because (laughs) because you are still a a a pretty thin framed man this dude has shoulders that are like the wings bigger than her head yeah yeah, like his shoulders are the wingspan of a california fucking condor for christ's sakes yeah the dude is massive and we see him you know shirtless doing the haka dance and stuff he's still got it i'm still afraid believe me i am and to see him kiss this tiny girl i'm just like oh <laughs> like his lips enveloped her entire face and he's like you care to seal that secret again and i was like good god please don't <laughs> you are you are a scary man even when you're being tender are you a scary man uh so this movie misses on so much, you know, but I think the thing that it misses the most on is Idris Alba's Brixton. I, he was just this, he was this weak villain who just kind of like shows up and spouts these extremely mundane, like villain lines where, you know, at one point they're like, you know, that's called genocide. And his response to someone calling what, what he wants to do genocide, he says genocide, schmenocide. Like he's like, he's your fucking 10th grade history teacher. (laughs) He uses schmenocide. Like, I was like, what a fucking terrible line. And you know, when he shows up in the very beginning of the film, as, as Maddie is going after our MacGuffin in the film, you know, she's like, who are you? And he's like, bad guy. And that's in the trailers and stuff. Yeah. And it works in a trailer, but it doesn't work here in the movie. And at, at no point in the movie am I buying, am, am I buying into him at you can, all? You can as, only you can only intake so much right. self-aware. But I can't fear. Geez. I can't fear him as a villain if the two men that that are supposedly having trouble fighting him. Are, are having zero trouble fighting him whatsoever. Right. Their interaction is minimal until the end fight scene with them. And even then, you know, he is landing blows on them. He is supposed to be this super strong guy and he's doing nothing to them when he hits them. And they're hitting him and he's getting a bloody face and, you know, he's wearing down. And I was like, but they're just like, I saw this motherfucker catch a car. I saw this dude survive an explosion. (laughs) Shit has fallen on top of him and he's gotten up and dusted himself off and kept moving. But now because he's in the third act fight with with Shaw and Hobbs, 
he's taken damage and you know it's <laughs> it doesn't make any sense and at the end of the movie when everything's all said and done they throw a hook in you when they're like Hobbs and Shaw did it they saved the day but did they no because there's a secret villain that's behind all this see all for the sequel mic drop and I was just like you gotta be fucking kidding me dude as much as we are shitting on this movie I had a ton of fun <laughs> I kind of did too. I did not not have a good time. Uh, you no, know, it's one of those it, it's one of those movies, right. man. It, honestly, you know, I wasn't having a roller coaster amount it's of fun, engaging. but I was at the playground and I was on the swing for a little bit. And I was, yeah, you know, I, just, I wasn't complaining. Was. Yeah, I got. A little, I had my good time. I got a little ball, and then I got off. You know, and that was it. You know, when you're on a roller coaster off. and you're, or and, you know, you you get like you go over to a big drop and you get that tickle in your balls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you get the same like little feeling when you're on a swing. That's what I got. I got that little tickle in my balls while watching it, but I didn't. You know, I didn't get a full raging hard on for it. I just I, I I enjoyed it for what it was, and I I call it out for its stupidity while also like gleefully smiling at this film's stupidity and going yeah it knows what it is and i know what it is we all we all signed into this agreement together exactly and even though you're yearning for more right what do you expect you made this movie what do you expect knowing full well what it was going to be i came to see this movie knowing full well what it was going to be you delivered what i knew you were going to deliver and i delivered the experience that i expected to get from it and nothing surprised me and nothing was nothing was great about it no room for complaints right I, I really ate, when you I, think about it I like, ate on. the entire bag of potato chips all the empty yeah. calories and yeah for me this is Doritos I, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I've, di- I've digested it and sure. give it to me man what's your grade dude it's left me nothing uh, C plus I'm right there with you. Yeah, C, C plus. plus. C plus is for me. I kind of want to give it like a B minus. But I, like, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I'll be honest. I just can't. W- when it comes to like this, I, it's not as memorable as any of the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise. No. And, and, and in a lot of ways, because you would prefer the other films because it has much more of a base. You know, there's a story base right. there behind it. You've seen them since fucking Fast and Furious 1. So there's something there more deep rooted inside you that you want to see these characters. And even then we've been following those characters for going on 20 years now. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we feel a connection to them. We've, we've grown with them and we've seen their story for Hobbs and Shaw. We're just getting snippets of their yeah. story for, for the most part. I'd rather see Vanessa Kirby have her own spinoff. <laughs> I would too. give her her own movie I, somewhere, I, whatever I, the hell it might be. She saves the movie for. She's me. great in Mission Impossible. She was great in that. She's great. I jizzed all over that cameo role. She's she's great in Netflix The Crown. Like yeah, she's absolutely fantastic yeah. in that. She's a good actress, dude, and she carries this movie on her shoulders, man. She picks the rock and and, and Jason and Statham her brother and Jason carries Statham them up, on yeah. her fucking shoulders. At least as far as like acting ability right. and and want to believe the story, like. And there's times where I believe this story because I'm, I'm believing her yeah. as, as as a as a character. She did her job. Yeah, she, I mean, she did her job better better than anyone else did. <laughs> her fight scenes, you know, I'm gonna blame the choreography on all of that, but I thought she did pretty good. I thought her fight with the Rock was 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 pretty good. You know, I thought the moments where she's taking on guards, she has, this, and they even say that she was pulling punches. Yeah. So, you know, she was, was not trying to kill him. I gotta you say, knew that. It, it, so. Without her, this would have easily been a C minus for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I agree. I agree. All right, Jay, let's go into like just tiny little brief spoilers before we get out of here. Yeah, we went pretty long in the non-spoiler segment, so let's get into it. Spoiler. 
Spoilers. Uh, we mentioned that the that the the bad guy that Brixton's been dealing with, Eton, I think is what it's called. Uh, they have this kind of like I, I refer to him as the Claw. Like, did you ever watch uh, Inspector Gadget? Next time, oh. Gadget. Next time. This like oh. this unseen villainous voice that just exists in the ether, and like it, there, there's no physical body to him of whatsoever. It's classic. So Brixton's talking to him. It's got this voice modulator, um, and it's the magic private room. At one point, at the end of the movie, it's the Illuminati talking to him. When Brixton is talking to this to this nameless voice that has a modulator on the modulator drops for a couple syllables and you hear the actor's voice and the actor's voice sounded an awful lot like Ryan Reynolds lock. And I'm thinking that he is going to be the main bad guy. I would hate that. One. And even then the, the uh, mid credit scenes and the end credit scenes kind of lead credence it, to that. It does, but I hate that because, because it just doesn't make any sense with the character. Cause the first mid credit we've se- seen in this whole movie. Sure. It does. You, Not really. you play the bumbling idiot so that you can really be the, the, the super secret spy behind it all. All right. I give you that. He better, <laughs> but he better pull out the fucking acting chops and really, sell it for me Dude, i'd love to see him as a bad guy i i would too but he's gotta fucking sell it don't go fucking cheesy and i keep think he going won't. with this no you gotta do cheesy <laughs> you gotta go cheesy dude this thing if he plays the same thing he did in this movie dude, i'm gonna this, hate it this thing was double whiz wit <laughs> that's how cheesy it is <laughs> you only get that if you're from philly <laughs> yeah. i don't want to spit my beer out there that was good this is double this, that was this, this movie that is was all good. cheese this that whole franchise is all cheese right, all right, all right. uh so yeah just double down the cheese man come on no i'd rather him turn idris alba style on him no uh no i thought idris alba was just just wasn't wasn't working for me all right um uh, let's just the, the the end credit scenes first is the mid credit scene yes. first one we see is Locke uh in some sort of facility where he's taken down a bunch it's of fitting. the c- cybernetic guys he calls up justice for han boom yeah. <laughs> justice <laughs> he calls up hobbs and he's telling him there's a new virus that's been released the other virus in the movie liquefies everybody's insides and turns into soup the new one liquefies everybody's outsides <laughs> And he needs Hobbs' help. Um, and it turns out he's not actually talking to Hobbs. He's talking to Hobbs' daughter, uh, who Hobbs uh, warned him several times not to tell her the darkest parts of, of his job. And he's dumping all this information yeah, yeah. on a nine-year-old little girl. Uh, the second mid credit scene was Hobbs calling in the... He he basically swatted Shaw, who was yeah. who was at a uh, who was at a London pub while he's working out. He calls in buddies to basically break into the pub and detain Shaw Bust because because that's the fun that, that that's the fun they have with each other. They just call in SWAT raids on each other, you know, because because Shaw got him captured in the in the uh, airport and got a finger up his bum. Now Hobbs is going to have the the MI6 or whatever secret service was grabbing oh, was grabbing Shaw, catch him, tell them that he's had something on, up his ass and then Cuz everybody knows every time he get detained, they're right? raping each other from 5000 miles That's away. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> That's, That's essentially what they're, they're trying to do. They're raping each other from 5000 miles away. They're just going like, to keep going. No, in. no, we're not gay. We're not gay. We're just having other people do. We're it. having other yeah. people yeah. do. It. And then tell me all about it. <laughs> 
and then send me a picture of it. And <laughs> it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing, especially because like swatting is like, it's actually a problem, especially if you watch like a lot of people on Twitch and stuff like that. People call in swats on people who were like streaming themselves on Twitch and stuff like that. And a SWAT team comes in and like it completely disrupts your life. Like they bust your doors down, throw in flashbangs, take you out and stuff only to find out that it was all a prank. But like it was actually a problem for a while. But so when you have a movie like this, just going, ha isn't that funny? Huh? Then you got a bunch of 12 year old kids watching this movie going, that is funny. Yeah, I am going right, to do that. Right, right, right. It's fucking dumb. Don't do that. We got. Yeah. We need our SWAT. We got people shooting up Walmart's all over the fucking place, man. We yeah, need seriously. our SWAT to be to, to to be on their top game. We can't have them fucking that taking really, down that people. That really kind of it kind of fucked me up because I was just there, you know, not too long ago, and uh, let's not let's not talk about that. Let's yeah. not talk about that. We're talking about Hobbs and Shaw. Just saying. What was the uh, end credit scene? I didn't stay for it. <laughs> I just read that it, I no I, I I was looking it up. I didn't stay for it. I, 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 didn't I, I didn't either because it was I've read I could be wrong, but I thought I read it was another Ryan Reynolds scene. It was another Ryan Reynolds scene. And I just didn't give a shit. I was like <laughs> I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds anymore. I had enough of him. I really didn't care for him in this movie that much. I really didn't. The final scene that we didn't stick around for was how Hobbs and Shaw spoiled the ending for game of thrones for people who didn't see game of thrones <laughs> Locke caused hobbs just to talk about the ending of game of thrones and that's what it is uh he also mentions in his first mid credit scene that uh it turns out it is very easy to stab somebody in the chest with a brick because <laughs> he mentions that maddie did it to somebody and uh it's not easy to do you know because there's no there's no sharp spot yeah. but then he does it and says you know what turns out it's easy to do now that's where the secret gets dropped that he may be the bad guy because it wasn't Maddie who stabbed somebody with a brick. It was Brixton who stabbed somebody with a brick in the chest. Mm. Meaning that if it is that easy, Locke's Ryan Reynolds may be cybernetically enhanced as well and thus the leader of that clandestine organization who wants to eradicate human weakness. So that's that's it. That's all, right. all that's all the spoilers. Look, Hobbs and Shaw, do you want to see it in a movie? I, yeah. No. No, it's coming to HBO in three months. We, Watch it then. <laughs> we, we dived into this pretty hard, but it's going to make a shitload of money. It's it already make, has. It's going to make a fuck and, ton of money. And, you know, people are going to eat it up. So it's going to be around for a while. There's going to be sequels. Just own it. I mean, there's really Just nothing coming it until it, right? Like, we're kind of like in, in the slump until it right now. Yeah, I feel like there might be a, a movie or two coming out, but like I'm not exactly sure, but... You know, I mean, coming next week is Good Boys, that that movie we did a trailer park for. Yes. So, so uh, if we get a chance, we'll, we'll we'll both see that, and we'll we will be doing a review the for that. Kitchen, a Jay's indie corner film called The Peanut Butter Falcon is supposed to be very very good, and a film that that's coming out next week that I really want to see, Blinded by the Light, which is from the director of uh, Bend It Like Beckham, and it's about a a young a young man who uh, I believe he's Hindi and he falls in love with Bruce Springsteen music and feels that the boss is speaking directly to him as everybody who listens to Bruce Springsteen in your teenage years would feel like of course. Uh, so if we get to see any of those movies we will be sure to bring those reviews to you but really it's going to be kind of a dry spell until until it comes out so we're gonna have to be a bunch of Jay's movies. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dust off our top five lists for the coming up episodes. Plus, <laughs> we got our movie cocktail coming up hopefully next week. If not then, then the following week. Can't wait. 
Uh, also, uh, I hope everybody uh, can find it in your hearts to get out there and leave us a five-star review. Uh, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, if you have an iTunes account, head over to iTunes, just search Super Movie Bros and leave us a five-star review. It's how it helps us grow. It's what helps us get seen. You can also get additional content over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Super Movie Bros podcast. Uh, going up this month, we are going to have a uh, patron exclusive movie cocktail just for patrons so we're going to start doing some patron exclusive movie cocktails movie cocktails are my favorite thing to do on the show so i figured why not share more of my favorite thing to do with the people who who pay a little bit extra to get a little bit extra of Jay and Dave. So we're going to be doing that. We're also part of a network, part of the Podfix network. You can check us out over at podfixnetwork.com. You can also check out some of our movie cocktail recipes up there. Hit the drop down menu, go to movie cocktails. You can see all of our recipes from season one over there. Our trailer park music was brought to you by Thomas Iannucci. I can't thank him enough for letting him use that clip from his fantastic song. Uh, you can check out all of his music over there on Spotify. Just search Thomas Iannucci. And then, of course, you can check out Jay over. He runs our Facebook. It's Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. He also posts all of our beer reviews on Instagram, which is Super Movie Bros Beer. And then I run the Twitter. You can check us out at Super Movie Pod. If you actually want to go onto your laptop and send us an actual email, you can email us over at Super Movie Bros Podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.